0: Welcome, I'm Dr. Liz, an entrepreneur, speaker, podcaster, mom, and wife. This podcast is about hypnosis, but also about all kinds of ways to help you live your fullest life, to heal, transform, to play the long game and go after the joy. You can see more about me at drlizhypnosis.com. Hop over there to get a free hypnosis file to decrease fear and anxiety, or one to increase emotional stability. They're there just for you. I hope you enjoy the podcast as much as I do. Peace. Good morning, everyone. Dr. Liz here. This is the third episode in a series of four for insomnia and sleep tips and better sleep. That's what we've been talking about. Next week, a free hypnosis for insomnia will air. So keep an eye out for that. I hope everyone's doing well. I'm recording this in the middle of summer in Florida, and it is hot out there, (laughs) like super hot. Um, Yeah, I can barely go out in the middle of the day. And um, I really have to watch what I wear as well. So there's some materials that it's just too hot to wear in the summer. It's like, ah, I feel like I'm like dying in them. Like, oh my gosh. Let's jump in here to how to shift your sleep. And then I'm going to answer a few FAQs, frequent questions that I get about insomnia or CBTI, cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia and hypnosis. Because after all, I am a hypnotherapist, and this is the Hypnotize Me podcast. I know I talk about a lot of different things, but I do always like to throw something in about hypnosis. So let's start with how to shift your bedtime. This happens when your work schedule will change, school schedules, when you transition from, let's say, the summer to the school year, the school year to the summer, something like that. This isn't about jet lag. I have a whole nother episode that aired right before this one on jet lag that you can listen to. That's episode 243. We're also not talking about shift work or night shift work. That's a whole nother category. And the CBTI training actually does review that how to help someone when they're working a night shift or when their shifts change. So sometimes they're day, sometimes they're night. That's a nightmare, people, for your sleep and your health, really. Um, You should get hazard pay for that in terms of the havoc it wreaks on your health. And again, we're not talking about moving through time zones all the time. That's also a different thing. I mean, you can handle moving, you know, an hour or two pretty regularly through time zones. But once you get up to three hours, again, that's really difficult. So it's best just to pick a time zone. And stick with that one no matter where you are. I'm thinking about that because here in Florida, we have quite a few quite a few people from California that moved in during the pandemic, but they're often still working in California. So they'll fly back and forth like once a month or something like that. Or their work schedule is actually on California time, which is a three-hour difference here in the U.S. So we do recommend to them, like, pick a time zone, stick with it in terms of your sleep schedule and your work schedule, if you can, because you will get jet lag. When you get up to about a three hour time difference, you'll get jet lag. That means when you're in California, you got to wake up at 4am, which would be 7am in Florida. (laughs) It's hard for people. We have so much set by light for our bodies that it really does become hard for people. Anyway, I talked about that in the previous episode how you can use light to your advantage for better sleep and jet lag. So you can go listen to it again, episode 243. So here I'm talking about day-to-day life. And typically in day-to-day life, you can change your sleep schedule by about an hour and a half or so. So I don't recommend more than that typically. We do have chronotypes, which are these biological clocks that determine our sleep patterns and they're very hard to change. So you can get away with about an hour and a half, maybe two hours. And I'm gonna give an example here to make it easier to tell you how to do this. So during the pandemic, my youngest daughter's sleep schedule was pretty erratic, but she would want to start talking to me about 10 p.m. at night now, at the time, I went to bed around 9.30, 10, but I realized that she would want to start talking to me right around then and have some conversation about her life or her thoughts or just silly stuff, whatever it was. Now, as a parent to a teenager, I knew how important this was. This is not like it happens all day, every day. <laughs> it's like, oh, she gets lively around 10 p.m. and wants to talk and I'm falling asleep (laughs) like sometimes I had to tell her I'm so sorry I have to go to bed we'll have to talk tomorrow because I'm so tired I can barely hold my eyes open so I decided I will shift my sleep schedule now I could do this because my work schedule is flexible I work for myself I get to set my schedule myself I get to decide whether I see clients early in the morning or not, or whether I see them late in the evening. What I did decide to do is just shift it by about an hour and a half or so. So instead of going to bed at 9.30, 10, I wanted to go to bed closer to 11, 11.30. So what you do is you begin to shift it by about 15 minutes over a week or two. So this becomes relevant when you're transitioning as well from like summer back to school or school to summer. That's not a hard transition for anyone, is it? (laughs) Like you just sleep, that's it. You let your kids sleep. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, sometimes camp times change or something like that if you have them in camp. But it's really relevant when it's shifting from summer to school. So school is starting and your kids are waking up at nine and now they got to wake up at seven. Okay, how do you shift it? You begin to move it by about 15 minutes, whichever direction you're going. For me, I'm going forward. So the first night I went to bed around 10.15. Second, third night around the same time. Then 10.30. I would do that for two or three nights. Then 10.45. Do that for two or three nights. Now, as you do this, your wake up time is going to shift as well. And often what we tell parents is start to shift the wake up time. That's another way to do this. For me, I wanted to shift the bedtime and have my wake up time just shift with it. For a lot of people, they can't do that. They can't um, keep themselves up even 10 more minutes or something like that. So they'll start with the wake up time. So you have option A, start with the bedtime. You have option B, start with the wake up time. When you start with the wake up time, If you're waking up to an alarm, you start setting it a little bit earlier by about 15 minutes. If you're trying to shift earlier, two or three mornings, then 15 minutes more, two or three mornings, just like that. So you begin to walk it back to, let's say a 7 a.m. wake up time. At night, you're doing it the opposite, but your wake up time is also going to shift. I wake up pretty easily naturally between 6.30, 7.30. By the third night that it was 10.15, 10 10.30, 10 have a little bit of wiggle room in there, I was waking up more like 6.45, 7 a.m. So it was shifting. My wake-up time was shifting with my bedtime because my body needs a certain amount of sleep. So it's going to do that naturally. It's going to try to get the sleep it needs. So you can imagine If you're starting with a wake up time, so you have a 14 year old and they've got to wake up at seven now instead of nine, all the 14 year olds wake up at like 2 (laughs) p.m. Let's not even talk about that, (laughs) okay? (laughs) So you start having them get up at 8.45, then 8.30. You can see how this would take a week or two to really shift them if you're gonna do it gently. My daughter always opts to do it like the uh, the hard way. I say to where she'll stay up until like the the night before school, <laughs> and then she'll have to be up super early the night before school starts. And that first week is pretty miserable miserable for her because she hasn't done it the gradual way. But hey, that's her decision. Sometimes when her sleep schedule gets way out of whack, she'll come to me and say, "Okay, mom." Um, help me with this. I want to get it back on schedule. You know, what time do I need to start falling asleep? It's like, okay. It's like, it doesn't work that way. When your body's used to being up, it's very difficult to make it go to sleep at a certain time. You're just not tired yet. You're not sleepy, but that seems easier to her than like, all right, you've got to start waking up at this time. (laughs) That does feel pretty miserable to some people. Anyway, so there you go. You just do it by 15-minute increments every couple of days. You're changing it until you get to the time that you want. So again, this took me about a week to two weeks to do, to where then I was awake at 10 p.m. and could talk to her easily, and then I'd go to bed right around 11:30. So for me, that also meant I shifted my clients so that I started later as well. So I'd start right around like 9.30 instead of 8.30, seeing people in my private practice. But that's how you do it. It's not that hard, it's pretty quick and easy. Okay, let's jump into the common questions that I get about CBTI and hypnosis in this part of the episode. First question is how soon do I have to get out of bed in the morning when I wake up? It's a great question sometimes people want to lay around in bed sometimes they do that for hours reading or i don't know watching tv or hanging out with their partner we never recommend hanging out in bed for hours <laughs> okay if you have a sleep problem if you don't have insomnia and you sleep just fine and that works for you you don't have to worry about that at all but if you have a problem with sleep or you have chronic insomnia We recommend about 10 to 15 minutes and then you're out of bed. What I say is have a transition area. So if you have a bedroom big enough to have a small chair in it or something like that, a a chair that can be cozy and comfortable, but get yourself out of bed, use the bathroom, brush your teeth, wash your face a little, get a little light from windows or by going outside, and then you can hang around a little bit in your transition area, in your comfy chair. And that way, your brain's not associating bed with wakefulness. So there you go, it's about 10, 15 minutes, then you need to be out of bed. Similar question, can you read in bed? So what I tell my readers is that yes, you can read in bed if you're reading like 20, 30 minutes before you fall asleep. I typically do not want people reading longer than that in bed, because again, If you're having problems with sleep, your brain has learned to associate bed with wakefulness somehow. We want you to associate bed with sleep. So read for 20, 30 minutes and then close the book or turn the book off and go to sleep. If you're not sleepy, then you need to get out of bed after about 20 minutes or so and read somewhere else. I'm a reader. I read every night before I fall asleep. Occasionally I'll read... If I'm awake in like the early, early hours of the morning, so let's say 3.30, 4 a.m., it's not time to get up yet, but I can read and fall back asleep within, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes typically. It's hardly ever longer than that. That's okay. If you're reading from like 3 a.m. to 5.30 a.m., we don't want you to do that in bed. This goes right along with how long does it typically take people to fall asleep. It's anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes, sometimes 30. So you do not have a sleep problem if you're able to fall asleep within 20 minutes of getting into bed. Sometimes people expect that they should be able to get into bed, close their eyes and boom, like my husband. <laughs> he's not quite like that. He actually does like play on his phone some a little bit before he goes to sleep, but he's he's pretty quick typically. So anywhere from 10, 20, 30, if that's pretty regular for you, you don't have a problem falling asleep. Now you may have a problem waking up in the middle of the night, and that's a a different thing that we talk about, but it's not a problem falling asleep. If it's taking longer than that, then absolutely. You start to fall into the primary insomnia category, meaning it takes too long to fall asleep. Now people ask me in this window, is it okay to listen to a meditation a guided meditation, my Calm app, Insight Timer, there's a million like meditation apps, a hypnosis file that I gave them. And I say, yes, it is. It's perfectly acceptable to listen to one of those files during those 20, 30 minutes or so. But what we don't want is you depending on those files like a sleeping pill. In my practice, I want you to learn the technique I'm teaching. Through the hypnosis file so that you can do it yourself. I have this one that's like a countdown. I have a a couple of others that are different techniques to let go of thoughts and anxieties. And I want you to be able to learn those so that you can do it in your mind by yourself without listening to a file. But if you need to listen to that file in the beginning or you're just having a rough night, then that's absolutely fine to listen to your hypnosis for insomnia file, or I like to say, hypnosis for better sleep file. Another question I get is whether I can help someone. This one is the most adorable question, really. People come and say, I've had lifelong insomnia. Can you help me, Dr. Liz? And I'm like, absolutely. I cannot tell you how many people I've helped with lifelong insomnia. We begin to look at the concepts of sleep and put structure around it. And they learn what good sleep hygiene is, it's only a piece of the puzzle. It's not the whole puzzle. What to do if they are awake, how to condition their brain for bed is sleep, how to take down the anxiety around sleep. And it is literally three to four sessions, sometimes five sessions, sometimes six that we go where people with lifelong insomnia have much better sleep. Like it feels like a miracle to them as it did to me when I discovered like hypnosis for insomnia and then CBTI kind of behavioral therapy for insomnia and my sleep just got better and better. I get it. I had lifelong insomnia and I am a prime example of this. Absolutely. I can help you. And actually pretty quickly. This is not like months and months and months of treatment. Now, if someone's on medication, it does take a little bit longer because Medication takes a while to come off of. We don't want you going cold turkey on medication because you'll get rebound insomnia. I have a whole handout on rebound insomnia when someone's coming off a medication. We want you to come off of it gradually as your physician recommends and to hopefully skip rebound insomnia. And while you're doing that, you're learning all these skills and techniques to use so that you can put yourself to sleep better so that you don't need medication so those are some of the most common questions i get when i do a phone call with someone or a zoom call with someone who wants some help and i want to make sure that they're a good fit for my practice i offer a free telephone consultation or if someone's out of the country we do that by zoom all right everyone I hope you're having a good week. I know there's lots of traveling going on this summer, so I hope your flights are not delayed (laughs) and that you're having a really nice time wherever you are in the world. And I hope this episode helps you improve your sleep or make the changes that you want to make with your sleep. Again, if you find you can't do that on your own, please feel free to reach out to me for some help through my website, drlizhypnosis.com. Now, right before I go, remember that I'm going to air a free hypnosis for insomnia next week, but also there's already one on the podcast and you get that when you sign up for the newsletter, you get a free hypnosis for insomnia. So you can do it either way. You can search it up on the podcast or you can subscribe to the newsletter over at my website and get the file directly where you can download it. That way you don't have to open your podcast app and search it up every time. (laughs) All right, everyone. Hope you're healthy and safe. Peace.